Turn it up. Get ready. You're tuned in to VO Buzz Weekly. Weekly. The show where aspiring voice actors, established VO pros, and curious fans alike get to meet and learn from the mega successful talent in voiceover. Hear their personal stories. Find out how they became so successful. Learn their secrets and join them at the top. And I'm Chuck Duran. We have an incredible show today on VO Buzz. Who's yes, here with us, Chuck? Do. Andrew Atkin, manager, ACM. This guy, he's going to clarify a lot of stuff. A lot mm-hmm. of people have been asking us through the years, you know, do I need a manager for voiceover? What does a manager do for voiceover? All that stuff is going to be answered today, yeah. and it's going to be awesome. It's so special because he doesn't do interviews, really. Ever. So stay tuned. We're going there right now. Guys, get ready because our guest has a lot of amazing information to share with you as a former LA talent agent and now as a bi-coastal talent manager at ACM Talent. We are so excited to get buzzed with the super cool Andrew Atkin. And cool is Thanks, right, baby. Right? Come here, put it there, dude. So, so <laughs> here's what I love here. about Andrew. He's one of the most handsomest, is that a word? Handsomest? Yeah, he's... Handsomest guys you could ever freaking meet mm-hmm. in your life. He's now so uncomfortable. Look at, Look at those like, beautiful eyes. <laughs> and he does. He hates being on camera. <laughs> I don't understand <laughs> this. Like, and, and hold on. And on top of that, he lives in Hollywood. Yeah. Dude, what's up with that? And wait, Thanks. let's see the cuff. I, that's so fantastic. <laughs> very rock and roll. That might need to fall off your wrist I'm before very you leave. Right I actually tried to get him to give <laughs> me did. that we tried before to the take show because I forgot all my bling. This is my emergency bling right yeah. here. Uh, uh, noisy bling, too. Absolutely. As if, as if I wasn't nervous before. <laughs> Thank you. Now uh-huh. he's Thank really you. nervous. Exactly. No, but we have to say, it's late here right it now. Is. It's you late. are so busy, you don't normally do this, so we really appreciate you doing this. And everyone You're out welcome. there who's needing some good, solid info, it's, we really appreciate it. So we'll, yeah. we'll try to get to it. I'm thrilled to be here. So thank you, you guys. Thank you. You're absolutely thank welcome. You so much. Uh, we're going to get right into it. So is it true that you have a love of movies? I do. Excellent. So why don't you tell us <laughs> how your love of movies, how you ended up from loving movies to, to, into, to being into the voiceover industry? To doing what I'm doing yeah, now. Yeah, to doing what you're doing, man. Well, um, the interesting thing about what I'm doing now is, is it's very much part of the entertainment industry. It's very much like when you talk about movie trailers, you talk about promo, you talk about all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And my partners and I at ACM... Um, one of the things that we always talk about is how we're integrated in the entertainment industry yeah. and not just voiceover as a whole. So, not to answer your question, um, I was living in Chicago at the time and movies have always been, movies film, because when you're yep. a film student, yep. it's yep. film, yeah. um, yes. have always been important to me. The first short film I ever made was in ninth grade, ninth grade in high school, yeah. and wrangled my friends together and did this like witch, uh, Salem's witch <laughs> trial movie, <laughs> which is still on VHS, yet to be transferred to a D- DVD. Oh, you gotta transfer um, it before it Yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah. pretty, it's pretty classic. So anyways, um, so I've always, pers- always had film in my life and movies and all that kind of stuff and decided to apply to film school when I was living in Chicago, uh, went the graduate school route, moved out to LA, went to film school. but. 
Um, when I went to film school, I didn't necessarily want to be a writer or a director or a cinematographer. Like, I really went for the degree because I thought, well, I have such an interest in film that, now I'm saying film now, yeah, yeah. I seem like such a snob <laughs> okay. after you said movies. It's Jeez. okay. Yeah. But um, yes. I, have, I have such an interest in film, I figured the degree would at least allow me to teach or incorporate into something that mm -hmm. I was going to be doing. Yeah. So, went to film school and surrounded by such amazing, amazing creators. I mean, it's very humbling to be in yeah. film school and see people who have such a passion for, for again, directing, cinematography, whatever. And, mm -hmm. you know, I went in there just to kind of learn and, you know, I'm thinking, oh, okay, I can direct this film and I can set up this camera. And then this, this guy comes in and goes, well, we're going to do a sweeping shot from below. Or I really want you to, you know, on this line, I need you to, to pivot and walk over here and stomp your feet. And it's just, again, it's very humbling to see yeah. so much talent, um, in, in, again, in film school. Yeah. So from there, uh, finished my degree. And well, actually, I'll backtrack there. So I was in school and needed a job and started working in the agency world as, as an assistant, as a booth director. Mm -hmm. And from there, kind of climbed the ranks into an agent. So, I mean, there's obviously more details in there, but yeah, I just want to briefly answer your question. Why stash, man? But that's cool. Yeah, yeah no, because uh -huh. you, you actually were an agent at a few of the big top yeah. agencies here in Los Angeles. Uh, can we, uh, can yeah, we yeah, say yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah. I was at SBV. I was a booth director at SBV, mm -hmm. um, which, awesome. you know, for, uh, I'm not sure what the listeners know, but as a booth director, you're auditioning um, with, with the talent. So the exactly. actors come in, they have their audition scripts, and I'm basically the engineer with the mixing board. And, um, and, and, directing, and directing them, them. exactly. Yeah. yeah, my job, I mean, I'll give you, as long as we're here and we've got plenty of time, because I, 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 want, I want a part one and a part two and yeah. a part three, yeah. so I'm really hoping to drag Andrea this Romano. out. You She has the trilogy. She wants a trilogy. Yeah. Wants a trilogy. <laughs> so, exactly. So, um, actually, the whole reason I started working at a talent agency is because I wanted to work for Kermit the Frog. I wanted to work at the Jim Henson Company. Mm. Like, that's all I wanted to do. I moved to LA, I lived two blocks away from this big Kermit on La Brea, yeah, which yeah. is like the Jim Henson Company, and I, I was like, I, I need to work on that, mm -hmm. on that lot. And a friend of mine was working in the mailroom at the time, and he said, well, dude, I don't think they're hiring, but the only company they hire from is a headhunter named Friedman, the Friedman Agency, their headhunter placement agency. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, well, I have go to them to get a job on the Henson Company. So I went in and interviewed with them, and they're like, well, they're not hiring. And I said, I'll do anything. I'll sweep the floors. I would do anything just to be on that lot. And she said, well, they're not hiring, but I'm looking at, she's looking at my resume, and she sees that, you know, I'm a filmmaker, I'm a director, as I probably had that on my resume at the yeah. time, you yeah. know, as, as we all do when we're, yeah. you know, whatever. And she's like, well, you're a director. There's an agency that's looking for a director. Why don't you go in and meet with them? And it was SBV and Sutton Bartha Venari. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And as SBV is, it was you know, Rita, Mary Ellen, Cynthia, Anna, Kelly, Robin, I mean, all the people who were there at the yeah. time. And you sit down in the middle of the room and they surround you and they ask you questions. And they still and do I that. Think, But see, your <laughs> movie in ninth grade, with, you know, the female dominated movie prepared you it, to be uh, in of this course. situation. Uh, see? Ah, very good. See? I like the way that book ended. And mm -hmm. we're done. No, we're and not. We're, we're done. Just be done. Part two next week, everybody. Tune in. No. <laughs> So, um, yeah, so that was it. So I interviewed and started working as, as an assistant. I mean, it's an assistant, essentially, but right. yeah. I went there to direct, and I went mm -hmm. there to learn to direct um, the talent. And what, was, what I found, number one, is I really didn't even know what I was doing for the first few months I was there, mostly because I was just focused on the clients and the mm -hmm. actors who were coming in and amazed at 
you know, just the level of talent that was coming in, you know, from Jeff Bennett and Nancy Cartwright and, and, and Tress McNeil and, sure, and Rob Paulson, you know, in the yeah. animation level, people who I recognize their characters, but never, right. you know, just couldn't no, imagine like. working exactly. with them, let alone five mm-hmm. feet away from you on the, on the other side of this, this plexiglass wall. Yeah. And learning how to direct them and um, just it was just an amazing, an amazing experience just working with them. And that's all I wanted to do at the time when the, when the actors would come in. All I wanted to do was just direct them. Okay, you know, listening to them, figure out what they're doing, what they're not doing and adjusting it. Mm-hmm. And I have an interesting story is actually Carrie Elways. Carrie Elways taught me to direct. I was going to ask you, like, Carrie what Elways. were some things you took away from that experience. Yeah, of, of yeah. Princess Bride, who I was a big fan, and, and yeah. in, in my booth, I started accumulating this wall of, like, autographs and had signed action figures and signed, so the, you know, the, you know, the actress would come in, I'm like, oh my gosh, you're this character, and I'd go and buy the action figure, and I'd have him sign it, and I'd stick it on the wall, so I had this whole wall of just, it was, it was insane. That's funny. So, and, and my buddy Corey, who was in the other booth, because there's two booths there, we each kind of had a, had a battle of, of who can accumulate the <laughs> most, cool. accumulate the most the stuff. Most. But it was Carrie Always who, who taught me to direct, because when I first, and this is probably within a couple months of me being in the booth. And you know, the, again, the actors would come in and they have their audition scripts and I'd be like, okay, well you, you, you messed up this word, do it again. Or you know, you're not paying attention to the direction, do it again, what I thought a director needed, yeah. needed mm-hmm. to do. And he comes in and he reads it and he goes, wait, give me another second. And he reads it again. And I was about to give him an adjustment and he goes, you know, give me one more time. And he reads it again and he nailed it. And in that moment, I learned that being a director is less about giving feedback, but more about listening to what the actors are doing. Mm-hmm. And I've carried that with me everywhere I've gone, in that sometimes you don't need to over-direct the actors. Yeah. Sometimes they can figure it out on their own. Mm-hmm. So um, anyways, so it was an interesting story. So like from then on, it was all about working with the actors and giving them, um, okay, you know what, do it one more time, do it one more time. Let me see what you're doing yeah. before I give you an adjustment mm-hmm. instead of over-directing them right away. That's yeah. cool, that's a great idea yeah. too. So your experience as an avid film lover and then as a filmmaker, how did you use that with voice actors in the booth, do you think? That's, that's, a, that's a good question. Um, you know, I think first and foremost, I, I came in with the idea that I'm a fan of mm-hmm. their work. I came yeah. in with being on the actor's side, which I think I've always had. You know, I've had so many friends who are actors, and number one, I understand the struggle to be an actor. You know, whether it's voiceover, whether it's on camera, whatever, you're faced with so much rejection, so much rejection on every single level that, I mean, I come from the idea, and and I still carry that now, even as a manager, is, is I want all my clients to book. Like, you know, as an agent, you know, which we'll get into in a little bit, but as an agent, we have three, 400 clients. We have so many clients. And it can be absolutely just daunting looking at that list of, wait, who do I want to audition? Who am I going to have call in? So you do what you can not to play favorites, but you also do what you can to give everybody, number one, an equal shot. And, you know, again, when I I come from the perspective that I want them all to book, which I I don't know if this has answered your question or not, but it's just that, again, I'm kind of their their champion, Mm -hmm. which... Yeah. is one of the reasons why I really wanted to be an agent in the first place, because prior to working in the agency world, the idea of being an agent didn't even appeal to me. Yeah, yeah. It was like, I, I saw swimming... What did you think being an agent Well, I was? saw swimming with sharks oh, in no. film school, which, can I swear? I don't know if you can. I, you it can fucking terrified me. 
so it, so now now I could really let go. Yeah. But um, it it was like I mean, wow! Like you look at that agent, Kevin Spacey, who is brilliant, oh, but so you look nice. at this agent who's a fucking nightmare. Yeah. And. I, I never wanted, it's just not me. Yeah. And you know, when you think that that's the role you have to, that's the role you have, that's the job you have, that's the role, that's the person you have to be, it just wasn't something I wanted right. to do. So um, when the opportunity came along at William Morris um, to be an agent, I was friends with so many of the clients, so many of the clients at SBV and so many of the clients mm -hmm. at William Morris that uh, being an agent became a way for me to help them. Yeah. So I, you know, I directed them in the booth, helped them get their auditions, now as an agent, I can like, no, 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 you need to hear this guy. No, 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 you need to listen to this demo. No, 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 wait, you know, you need to send me these auditions because I've got exactly what you're looking mm -hmm. for. Beautiful. So I hope I'm answering your question, yeah, but you I did. feel like, you know, again, the, the interest in that world and mm -hmm. wanting, just being excited about these projects. Yeah. And even now when we're working on a trailer campaign or a new TV show, like, you know, like Stars has the new Ash versus the Evil Dead coming out. Like, yep. like oh my God, we get to run these auditions. Yeah, like, I want to yeah. find the voice yeah, of that. Yeah, well, but so. I think it's so important, you know, I'm on the talent side. Um, <laughs> it's such a dirty, like, I'm talent. Anyway, <laughs> I digress. But <laughs> it's when you have your, whether it's your manager or your agent who is excited about you, who will, who will pick up the phone or send that email or really advocate for you and not just wait till someone comes to you. I think that's so important. I mean, and you guys are so busy, but knowing that you have somebody who's really going to go that extra step is mm -hmm. really a game changer. Yeah. It can be the difference between somebody getting a break and somebody never getting hurt. Yeah, and that is one of the things that, as, as a manager now, I mean, coming from the agency world, we had less time to be able to pick up the phone, less time mm -hmm. to spend with our clients. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And as a manager, you know, we've got you know, to go from a 400-person roster to, you know, 50 or 60 yeah. makes a, you know, it's Huge a big difference. difference. So we always have time to talk to our clients and always have time to, you know, to guide them and help yeah. them with their demo and guide them into coaching or, you know, whatever whatever mm -hmm. might be, exactly. you know, need to be taken care of. So. Exactly. And here's a, just a, a question for you. When... When do you, in your opinion, like when do you think a voice actor would actually be in a position where maybe he could take advantage of having a manager? Um, as far as like working with us, well, we yeah. primarily focus promo and trailer and narration. Yeah. So, you know, number one, you know, getting to them, them to that level where they understand the difference. And, you know, coming from the booth, I didn't know the difference. I mean, I was in the booth for months before I really even knew the difference between a commercial. I mean, it seems like the difference between a commercial and a promo and a trailer seems like, well, of course, it's like a knife and a fork and a spoon. Right. But if you're not in that world, it, it doesn't, it's all, it's French, yeah. it's mm -hmm. Greek, it's whatever. Well, it's like classical you know. rock and jazz. Yeah, mm -hmm. if you're not it's in that all world, music, exactly. It's completely different mm -hmm. at the same time. Yeah. So I would say, you know, once you understand the difference and you know, I mean, obviously you need a demo, you need coaching. I mean, we do very little developmental as far as management. We we rarely take on somebody who, who needs a lot of work. Who needs yeah. a lot of work, yeah. yeah. Unless there's really something unique about their voice, like you which know. which is cool because I actually wanted to ask you about that. Like, yeah. In in a in a in a situation like that, what would be something that would really catch your ear and go like, oh wow? Well, I mean, let's let's go like a James Earl Jones mm -hmm. or. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of Mr. Echo and Lost is what I'm thinking of. Like, like somebody who's just got a great personality and a great voice, mm -hmm. and I'm blanking on the actor's name, yeah. but it's like something like that where 
it's it's in a lot of ways becomes that like wild card mm -hmm. for a project. Mm -hmm. Like I know you've thought about this, and I know you want the typical voice, whether it's male or female, but you need to listen to this sound. Right. You need yeah. to listen to this. Something that is different and just stands out. Yeah. And 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 is is, is uh... well, because obviously, if you have a roster of fifty to sixty people, you need to have. I mean, okay, so correct me if I'm wrong, but you have to obviously see what is trending, what is being asked for, mm -hmm. but then you can't have 50 or 60 of the same kind of, no, you, know, you usually, have to have usually, some diversity yeah. that's still what the marketplace is asking for. Yeah, um, I mean, we do tend to kind of round out our roster in the, in the sense that we don't just want one young guy and we don't just want one female. Mm -hmm. Like, we do try to capitalize on that and get you know, four or five in that zone. Um, getting back to your question, which kind of goes along those lines, is is if you're serious about it, I mean, having a home studio obviously is essential. Yeah. All of our clients have home studios, as I just hit my mic. All of our clients <laughs> have okay. have home studios, so they're recording from home and they're emailing the auditions, you know, which, like, my old job of being in the booth is eliminated. Yeah. Right, right. Which I do miss, you know, I miss that directing aspect, yeah. but in the same hand, when the, when the MP3 comes in, I can give them an adjustment, I can mm -hmm. take a listen to it, make sure the audio quality is there, make sure they didn't you know, miss a word or stumble on a word sure. or something like that. And ISDN and Source Connect is pretty much a must for yeah, your I would, I would say so. I would say if you're outside of LA, definitely. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, this is, you know, the thing about LA is there's so many studios in town that allow you know, actors to go in and use, sure. right. use the studio. Right. And there's enough people within driving distance that if there's, you know, if you have friends in the voiceover community, usually you can find a way to use their, their mm -hmm. studio or go to the lot. You know, I've, exactly. I have a guy who, you know, was the voice of a show on, on Fox and he would drive to the lot before he had his home studio. So I would say like Fox was fine with it. CBS uses Source Connect, so they're kind of moving away from ISDN. Mm -hmm. So, but I think if, certainly if you live any place out of Los Angeles, whether that's San Diego, whether that's San Francisco, you know, Oklahoma, wherever it might be, you need that home studio, yeah, you, or absolutely. at least access. Like, yeah. if you live in an area, like I grew up in Cleveland, if you live in Cleveland and you know the recording studios there and you build a relationship and they'll let you record, done. That's mm -hmm. great, yeah. that's yeah. great. But I'm more likely to sign somebody, like I just signed a Spanish uh, trailer guy who lives in Miami. I'm more likely what to sign- What is his name? Uh, his name's Mario. 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 Yeah. So, but <laughs> I just, he's got a home studio, he's got yeah. ISDN, he understands how to work on LA time, so mm -hmm. at five o'clock, he's not, he's gonna be available. Right. He's not gonna tell me, I'm right. sorry, man, I'm having dinner, because, yeah. 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 So, anyways, I hope that That's cool, that. man, yeah, absolutely. Um, Andrew, Stacy has a question for you. So what, just to get more specific, what is the role of a good manager when it comes to voice talent? Because, I, I like the way you clarify that. Yes. So, um, I'm going to kind of answer that with, with a little bit of information in that the reason why uh, my partners, Phil and Mark, started the company a year before I, I joined, and they handle mostly the East Coast and brought me on to um, build up the West Coast. Mm -hmm. The reason we did what we're, the reason we're doing what we're doing, if I can speak correctly, <laughs> is that we have all these relationships that we've had for decades. I mean, decades of relationships. When I was an agent, you know, I had relationships at promo houses and trailer houses and and with producers in that world, not film producers necessarily, but producers for promo, exactly. who I've still maintained those relationships. And so we find when they're asking us questions, they want advice, they want suggestions on, you know, where do I go for a voice? 
we wanted to find a system or kind of implement something in place to help facilitate that, help facilitate mm -hmm. introducing them to talent and building, yeah. you know, again, nurturing those relationships. So I think that's the most important thing that any manager should have are those relationships. Yeah. And, you know, I, I do feel that a lot of managers, and I, again, I don't mean to be disparaging to anybody at all, but I think certainly in the theatrical world, it's a different world versus voiceover, yeah. but mm -hmm. the managers that are doing what they're doing successfully now are doing it because of those relationships. Absolutely. Because they've had these relationships for decades. And it allows us, again, to nurture the talent, keep those relationships alive, and kind of keep growing from there. So. Because the idea is that you work in collaboration with the agents. You're yeah. not trying to undercut or out. This should be, should be a, a good collaborative relationship on behalf of the talent. Yeah. Because you and guys get access to opportunities and that maybe the agent doesn't. Yes. And vice versa. Yeah. I mean, we do. I mean, naturally, it's just because of the relationships. Naturally, yeah. they're... Mm -hmm they're gonna reach out to us for opportunities. But the most important thing, I say this to my clients, is that relationship with your agent. And we work very hard to make sure that we maintain that relationship. We're not, I like to say that we're not agency loyal. I mean, I, I kinda can't help being a little biased to the agencies that I've worked with, yeah. because they're friends. I mean, they paved the, the road for me to be doing what I'm doing sure. now. Right. Um, but in the same hand, if we meet somebody who is at AVO or TGMD or Vox or something like that, we want them to be secure at that agency. And we want mm -hmm. the agent to know that we're not doing anything to undermine them, that you know, it's, it's a win-win if their client, if we book their client. Yeah. Um, so. Which I think is really, yeah. really cool, man. That, you thank know? you thank for you. qualifying yeah, that though, because I think there's a lot of um, information out there that isn't necessarily accurate. So yeah. it's good for people to know that. So, yeah, and, and it's, it's funny that you say that because I, I feel like I, I don't really know what what the word is out there, mm -hmm. if that makes any sense, yeah, yeah. you know. Well, the word, uh, to be really honest with you, you know, it's it in, down, my, in my experience, people don't know. That's mm -hmm. the word. <laughs> I mean, uh, a lot of talent don't know. Well, is there such thing as a manager for voiceover? Do I need one? And do I need yeah. one? And when do I do? When do I need one? How do yeah. I know if I need one? Do I need one and have an agent, or do, would they take the place? They don't know mm -hmm. these answers. Yeah. And so that's why we kind of wanted to have you on the show. And though we know that not every management company for voiceover out there plays the same exact role that maybe you guys do, but I've known you for years, man. Mm -hmm. And I know that you're a loyal guy. You don't lie. You know what I mean? You're a straight up dude. And we knew that we can have you on the show and just express your opinions and how it works so clear up things a little bit. Thanks, so man. thank you for yeah. doing thank that. You. For sure, man. And uh, so as a manager... Um, do you think that, uh, does a talent have to have an agent in order for you guys to be working with that talent? Um, no, I mean, certainly not. And we, we have signed a lot of clients who don't have agents, so we want to help make that introduction, which helps them out, you know, again, as well. Um, because the majority of the agencies focus, their core business, nine times out of ten, is commercial, commercial and animation. animation. Um, they're better off having an agent in those world, you of know, course. those yeah. worlds, because it's not something that we're really. Again, it's about relationships. Yeah. And you guys and are basically promo trailer. Promo trailer. Well, you know, we do promo trailer narration. We have okay. political. Oh, like we do radio imaging and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Cool, man. So, I mean, uh, Marcus, my partner, and I. Um, he was an agent at William Morris in New York, and I was in L.A. and we repped production companies after William Morris. So we have a lot of production companies who are looking to us for advice, not sure, you know, wanting a voice, need help with their projects and stuff like that. So um, again, that's that's a big area for us and we're yeah. gonna continue mm -hmm. to- It was basically kinda, yeah. a needed 
yeah. position that was that was void, and you guys came in and said, boom, here it yeah. is. Here yeah. we are. Well, and because you guys, all three of you, have such a great background, I mean, so what are some of the things that, what are some of the important things that maybe you learned that you brought from your agent hat to now being a manager? Um, I think one of the most important things that I've learned is how to network and how to build relationships. Because I, I know that when I first became an agent, yeah. my, I mean, I was dumb. It's like, okay, here's an office, here's a business card, <laughs> go. And so I figured, oh, great, I'm just going to call these. I'm going to call these networks <laughs> up. And and it's you know, it's not about getting into a club or anything like that. It's like, all right, I'm going to tell them, hey, William Morris is now doing these things. You need to hire a talent. And they were going to go, oh, great, we've been waiting for yes. you. Yep. Here, you go. Go. Here you and go. And it just doesn't work like that. No. So you have to, you keep knocking on that door and knocking yeah. on the door. And that's something, I mean, persistence is, is always important. Yeah. Whether, you know, again, whether you're an agent, realize that right. these relationships have taken so long to build. And yeah. how, which is something I, I recognize now, is how those relationships have grown over the last few years. Yeah. Um, is it you hard know. for you to network? Is, is that, are you? No, now, I mean, now I enjoy it. When, yeah. when I started out, all I was doing was selling. Right. And every industry has a different way of selling. Like in the commercial industry, you know, talking about voiceover talent is different than promo, than trailer, than, mm -hmm. and you need to know how to navigate that. Like mm -hmm. in the trailer world, I mean, I can send demos to the heads of trailer houses. The, the you know, the, the creative directors at those companies, they're, they're not involved with the, the choice of the voice. It's the editor, it's the producer on that. So you need to know who to target the demos to. And then there's a coordinator that usually is kind of the, the main person that is the conduit for all of that. So the mm -hmm. producers are gonna call the coordinator, the coordinator is gonna reach out to the agencies they know. So who do you build the relationships with? I mean, I could be best friends with the head of, you know, I'm just, you know, Trailer Park, AV Squad, or what, you know, whatever that trailer house might mm -hmm. be. It doesn't matter because it's their producers and their editors that are in the trenches that it's are going to make those decisions. Interesting. So sometimes maybe your work is getting to someone who's like, "This is great, but I have no. Exactly. I'm not a decision maker." Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's so interesting. Exactly. Yeah, and one, mm. uh, I'm going to say one quick thing uh, about your networking skills because they are fabulous. Mm. But one of the cool things that I love that you do, man, and and I you're have so yet, direct. I like I how yet, direct you are. I appreciate that so much. I have yet to so find much. an agent <laughs> that actually does this. Uh, so get to work. Um, uh, and, and that's that when you you like meeting with people and getting to know people in the industry that are really great at what they do. Yeah. You know, we've had lunch together, mm -hmm. right? Because you want to know, hey, what are you up to, Chuck? What's going on? Blah, blah. Something that you like, something that you don't like. And then if there's a coach out there that you need to get to know because they're, they're you know, they're really cooking up some storm and people are having good, uh, good relations with mm -hmm. them. You want to know who they are. You want to meet with them and you yeah. want to. And I love that you do that, man, that you take you. You take the time off to build relationships with strong people in the industry so that you can help. Your talent. Yeah, exactly. It's amazing. all about that. It's well. I that's how you. That. That's how you and I met. You know, yes. which which we talked about is is I, I was getting these demos in the mail, and I'm like, who is this Chuck guy? <laughs> and I called him. I'm like, dude, we need to meet. Yeah. yeah. So, and they, but this was we're talking what 12, 15 years oh, ago, yeah. whatever it was, yeah. a long time ago. Uh, you know what? This thing's making some noise. So it is. I, I can't think I'm stand take it. it off. Just uh, for Stacy, because later on in post, when she's uh, looking at editing shots, if it's going, I will put on my cranky pants and go. I to, will never hear because the then end I will get it. the comments. So, you know your audio. Thank you stand, very much. Stand by, bling is going to be put aside. Um, so As we Andrew, talk about the quality of the audio. Tell us a little bit about 
why is it that you do that? Why is it that you that you like to meet with these people and and get to know them so that you can help your 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 your, your clients? Clients. Well, what I think is, well, getting back to like the networking and stuff yeah. like that, I think having that relationship is the most important thing. And no, number one, if it's a somebody who's producing a demo yeah. or it's a coach or something like that, I mean, obviously we get you know emails of of you know flyers flyers from you know this workshops coming up or something like that. For me, it's twofold. Number one is a lot of the Pr- promo producers like I know you had Harry on the show not too long ago yeah. and you know like somebody like that who he's also producing but he's also a coach and he's sending me a flyer saying hey send people to my class well I want to be I want to be okay about that sending I want to know yeah, who yeah, this you, person yeah, is yeah. and and it's more than just okay let me you know listen to the demo let me talk to a few people I want to meet that person right. and know you know what they're like so mm-hmm. um, but the other part of that is something I learned you know from an agent to what I'm doing now to you know, kind of effective networking is building that relationship is the most important thing. And it's, it's the relationship, I think, and this works with any relationship, is it's less about what you want from that person, but what you can do for that person. Mm-hmm. And that's how you work together. Yeah. So when you're networking, you know, if you're, if you're talking to somebody who's a, pro- a producer at CBS or, you know, CW or wherever it might be, it's, okay, great, here's some voices, take a listen. But if you don't ask them what they're looking for, Right. You're selling. You're selling the wrong product. You're totally. selling the wrong mm-hmm. thing to them. So if I don't, if I have lunch with this person, I can find out. Okay, number one, what are you looking for? Are you looking for women? Are you looking for men? You know, what kind of voices are you looking for, so that I can follow it up with, great, here's the demo. Um, and something else I do, uh, you know, when when there's a trailer campaign or something like that that's going on, is knowing the genre of the film so that you can really customize the demo that's being set up. I mean. In, um, I cut up demos a little bit and send snippets instead of sending the whole mm-hmm. demo right, right. so that yeah. the marketing materials are customized to that producer and to the network. That's cool. Fantastic. So. Right on, man. Fantastic. Well, speaking of demos. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she loves that. I love it. That's something we know a little bit about. Um, <laughs> so when you get a demo... You know what what stands out to you? What do you love hearing? What are you hearing too much of? What is what should be there? What shouldn't be there? What what are your feelings on the demo? Um, there isn't there isn't really anything that 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 I'm hearing too much of. Let me just say that. Mm. So I mean, even if it's the same spot, like right. if there's a trailer spot and I heard it on another trailer or a different promo, that doesn't drive me nuts. I mean, I'll know okay. Uh, this is a produced spot or whatever, but you know the demo is it's a it, it's a calling card. It's a sample of their voice. That's what I'm listening for. Mm-hmm. But the things I am listening for, um, specifically articulation, um, you know, like is there equal emphasis when they name the 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 actor's name and it's it's a movie because it's not, you know, um, Ben Affleck, Morgan Freeman. You know, it's like you're not going there where it's like it's usually equal billing. So I want to make sure they at least understand the copy. Same thing with the promo is, you know, if it's the X-Files, you know, if it's the X-Files on Fox, you know, if it's they're drowning out at the end, obviously these, you know, it's kind of like like promo 101 Mm -hmm. that at least they know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. So other than that, you know, the next thing is, okay, if their demo's solid and the read's great, um, you know, next thing is the studio. So is this somebody that I can seriously take on right now? Um, who's their agent? How much work have they been doing? Um, you know, what's the relationship like in the industry? But we're open to anything. I mean, you know, whether it's an accented voice, you know, I kind of keep this mental list in the back of my mind. Who are the people with British accents? Who are the people with, who speak French? 
because, you know, for me, I'm like a, an information hound, like whatever it is, I kind of soak it up mm -hmm. and keep these like, wait, there was that one person who I met <laughs> who speaks Portuguese. Right. Let me see if I can track them down. Mm -hmm. Right. What about when you hear a demo with somebody who sounds like has a young sound, a youthful for promos mm -hmm. and they're great and they, they, their reads are great but they have this youthful sound and they're reading really really dark promos which they probably would never be cast for right uh what do you think about or even vice versa mm -hmm. you hear a big booming sound doing younger mtv type right. you know teen wolf trailers or, right. or, or mm -hmm. promos where yeah. it's not gonna, <laughs> where it's not gonna the really show. I know. you know what i mean <laughs> i mean do you do you listen for things like yeah. that that yeah, the demos course. are produced you know demographically correct you yeah. know yeah, I mean, again, getting back to the directing idea, I'm listening for what they're going for mm -hmm. before I make any kind of adjustment. You know, I mean, if they're, you know, look, I mean, there's young guys who try to do that trailer read. Yeah. Right. And, you know, you know, we constantly give them the, the, the advice that, look, you need to be yourself. Like, you can't be that trailer guy. You know, these trailer guys, they sound that way when they order pizza. They sound that <laughs> yeah, exactly. way right. when, they're, right. when they're talking on the phone. So. Yeah. You, you'll never have that. You'll never have that sound. If you're a younger guy and you're trying to be that deep trailer guy, you'll never have that. But you can have, you know, you can have a youthful sound in a trailer spot, but you have to be yourself. Right. So that's the first thing. I mean, look, if, it, if they've already paid money and they've, they've had it mixed professionally, let's just assume that they've gone to you or somebody you else. You would never come I, to me I, and come I, out with a demo yeah, like that. I, and I, I actually know that, <laughs> okay, but I'm just going right, to say, let's assume. Chuck had a bad assume, day and made a bad yeah, spot. But let's yep. assume that it's mixed well and <laughs> yeah, everything yeah. like that. My suggestion was, take that out, you yeah, know? Yeah, replace it um, more. Yeah, and I do listen to that. I mean, for me, less is more. I would much rather hear a solid 30-second demo yeah. than, mm -hmm. an, than an average, you know, two-minute, one-minute demo. Yeah. You know, I'd much rather have a spot that makes me want to hear more, mm -hmm. um, you know, from them. Yeah. So. But that demo does play an intricate part in, A, somebody working with yeah. you, and, B, you being able to promote that person. I exactly, exactly. Yeah. I mean, whether or not that demo is going to get you jobs, like, so little right now in the industry is, I'm going to listen to a demo, and I'm going to book that guy. Book yeah. So much of it is auditioning. So yeah. much of it is, you know, again, sure. relationship. But the demo may e the is demo the gateway is, to is get huge, the audition. Yeah, I mean, I, the demo is your headshot. You yeah. can't move to Hollywood and want to be an actor without a headshot. Yeah. You know, and when you send your headshot out, whether it's black and white, whether it's color, whatever the current trends are, you need to know what it is. You need to know, right. you know, yeah. what that casting director is looking for. Yeah. And that demo is that integral... Jeez, I can't talk. This is what happens when you get me late it, in the day. You said it. But, That's good. Um, Integral. You know, you get it. You, it that <laughs> demo is is again that first step in establishing yourself yeah. as a professional. Yeah. Yeah. So. so Andrew, let me ask you something. How in, so you're listening, let's say you're you're a promo guy, a trailer guy and you're out there and you're listening to like the top guys in the industry of what they do and how they're doing it oh, and you're and you're kind of mm -hmm. like good point. and you're kind of mm -hmm. like borrowing, okay, some of the, the flavors and the seasonings yeah. that they're using, is that okay to do? Or what's your opinion? Yeah, of that? course. I mean, borrowing is a very polite word. I mean, you know, certain people might say they're stealing that sound or mm -hmm. stealing those nuances and stuff like that. But um, I think, you know, look, your voice is unique. Mm -hmm. And yeah. that's what's setting you apart. That's what's, you know, determining whether you book the job or not. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. I mean, the only thing I could I could say is like if you are legitimately impersonating somebody like Morgan Freeman or something, mm -hmm. you're stealing their sound, you're stealing <laughs> yeah, their yeah, nuances. Yeah. But you're also doing that with somebody who is obviously a recognizable voice and yeah, a name yeah. and a celebrity. But you know, looking at promo and trailer and everything like that, I mean, the, the greats in that world. I mean, whether it's Don LaFontaine who was like you know the most well-known trailer guy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
you know, people emulate his style, people may imitate his style, mm-hmm. but it's still their unique voice. That's right. And you True. look at, you know, the the uh, the casting specs, you know, again, yeah. as an agent, you know, you look at the specs and you see what they're looking for and you bring in your guys, and you bring in your girls and everything like that. And they end up going with somebody that's completely like not at all what they're looking for. Yep. So you have to realize, which gets back to the idea of the actors and the rejection, stuff like yep. that. There's so many other factors that are at play, whether or not you book the job. Yep. But if you're giving it your best and you're that well, you know, tuned machine that you know what you're doing and yep. you know how to flip it on, you'll nail it. Well, in that regard. By the way, Stacy brands herself as Donna LaFontaine. Well, no, we have a joke. <laughs> when I'm... <laughs> No, let us explain. No, Uh, you know, because I obviously have a younger sound. Mm -hmm. So the joke is when, you know, when I get something that's kind of mature, it's like, okay, I'm going to be big. But I always say, I'm going to do my Donna LaFontaine read. That's just our joke. Um, Because it's like my bottom end, but that's, yeah. Yeah. Donna LaFontaine. (laughs) Call me. Um, (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) so on that note, not the Donna LaFontaine note, but okay, so obviously talent will get you so far. But this business is about service, it's about business. So what can you say to people watching about um, what skill sets or business practices does someone really need to have in place to be a competitor in what's going on there? Um, I think just knowing, knowing, again, knowing how to listen, which is what I always go back to, mm-hmm. is you, know, you can send your demos, you can sell your demos out, but if you don't know what they're looking for, you know, again, it's you know somebody selling a new fridge, selling a vacuum cleaner to somebody who just bought a vacuum cleaner. They're not going to buy a vacuum cleaner. Mm-hmm. What a terrible analogy that I would come up with a vacuum cleaner. I like vacuums. But good. does the carpet look that bad? Is, I know. Right? <laughs> I think it's because the carpet I knew, looks bad. I knew there's a reason. He's looking going, God, but, um, they need a vacuum. But the point is, the point of that is, is I think knowing how to listen, knowing you know, finding out what they're looking for, mm-hmm. and because these are little tweaks. If you're just sending your demo, yeah. Uh, you know, let's look at a conversational read. If somebody's looking for a conversational read, I would send narration demos more than I would send a promo demo right. because that narration demo is that conversational read. Very, so yeah. if I'm sending a promo demo and they have to listen to a minute and a half in where they finally hear that spot, it's a waste of that minute and a half. Mm-hmm. So I think understanding, you know, again, understanding who your buyer is, understanding yeah. the market, understanding the styles, I think, you know, updating your demo with, you know, like if the last trailer on your demo is um, aliens you know mm. from the 80s or 90s yes. it's time to refresh yeah. you know <laughs> so <laughs> the last spot you know, or even any spot on yeah, your, yeah. okay yeah. so yeah. but yeah. it's like you know things like that now i don't mind hearing that with other things yeah. mm-hmm. but if that's all that's on there or if it's all stuff from 20 years ago it's time to update because jaws. when i hear that jaws exactly right. when i hear that i think okay does this person still sound uh-huh. like this yeah. is this person aware that that spot was yeah, do they know what's happening old. what's going exactly. on yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly and what about getting to because the fact that you work with a lot of the producers and the people that actually are telling you hey uh uh andrew this is what we're looking for so what is it that they're looking for today see that's yeah right that was the question we yeah. were talking about earlier what is it what 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 is it that they're looking for today when it comes to promo trailer uh, men versus women what's mm-hmm. hot it's, it's again it's it's a tough question to to answer because well, anybody can because can, because it's 60 minutes we're putting <laughs> you to the fire oh, and I can do um, it you're not leaving till we get an know, answer I, I th- this this is what I'll tell you what I hear okay good um, that's good this is that's what good. I hear most most the auto manufacturers have this hip cool sound to it mm-hmm. like you know like somebody in their mid 20s to mid 30s seems to be the sound that I'm hearing on auto on alcohol on networks 
So that younger sound, that fresh sound that still mm -hmm. cuts through is yeah. really what I'm hearing mostly. Mm -hmm. So if you have that sound, capitalize on that. You're in demand. So I, I would mm -hmm. say so. So yeah. make sure, you know, again, freshen up your demo. Um, the nice thing right now is that a lot of networks aren't necessarily just going for one network voice. They're looking right. for a voice for the show. Yeah. So if you have a favorite show, you 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 pick up on that voice and you tune into those promos a little bit more. Exactly. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, we've got a, you know, a woman doing Thursday nights, so Thursday night lineups on, on you know, ABC. ABC. Yeah. So, Who is you know, that, by the that's way? That's Anna Vicino. Yeah. Anna so, Vicino. Yeah, she's um, great, by the way. You know what I love? She's so amazing. I love that she's like, you know, da-da-da, all new scandal. Three, Coming two, up next in three, two, one. Wow. And she's doing I the same it. thing that the guys do, yeah. but without dramatizing. Right. You know what I mean? So just doing great. herself. Yeah. Right. Which right. is brilliant. Yeah, I love that you the ABC have is doing to be that. yourself. Yeah, exactly. And ABC took a big risk by by going with a female voice on yeah. a big night. I mean, Thursday night's a yeah. big night for TV. Yeah. Scandal, so, how to get away with yeah. murder, I the social bank. Right, mm -hmm. right. Yeah, come you, on, baby. You know I could work show. for you. Right? You know your I show. Be, I could be Andrew Junior. <laughs> I like that. Just, Andrew Jr. Andrew Jr. <laughs> <laughs> the illegitimate brother or oh whatever. Oh, that's um, funny. So uh, that's, that's really cool, man. So the young hip sound is yeah. really, really happy. I mean, that, that's exactly. That's what's going on right now. And I think the way I, the way I listen to promos, the way I listen to trailers, you know, whatever it is, is there's a trend. And then once you start hearing everybody doing that, the then what's going to, well, right, my right. thought is, okay, well, what's going what's gonna to really pop out? So if all you're hearing are male voices, then I'll start pitching female voices because you need something that's going to mm -hmm. cut through. Right. And, you know, it's, it's a sea of male voices, then that female voice is going to cut right. through. And, you know, again, you kind of follow those trends. Um, Pop, which used to be TV Guide, is going male and female. So they went with this conversational kind of style, which is something that Fox radio used to do um, a few years ago where they would have kind of a conversational style and, and take some chances with what do we need to do that's going to really you know, engage, engage the lis listener that we're not hearing anyplace else. Right. Um, so, yeah, I, I say this because, again, paying attention to those trends becomes a demo thing, becomes a style thing, um, but it still gets back to those core principles of really still, you still need to know, to know how to read promo copy. Of course. You still need to know how to read narration. You still need to know, like, um, let's look at animation, let's look at narration, and there's all these different levels of how to effectively audition in those areas, which I could ramble on and on about that kind of stuff. Maybe you can well, ask me a well, question how about, about you that. Do? Well, that's all we have for part one with uh, Andrew Atkin. Wow, what a cool Amazing. dude. Amazing. Wow, we're going to be back next week with part two, so stay tuned. Yes, we will, and thanks as always, you guys, for watching. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and just remember, you, you always, always have, have time for a little, little buzz. buzz. Don't just listen to VO Buzz Weekly. Watch the show in stunning HD video at VOBuzzWeekly.com on their YouTube channel or on the app. VO Buzz Weekly is sponsored by Chuck Duran's Demos That Rock. Rock. The voiceover demo producer to the stars is now available to you. Visit DemosThatRock.com and take your voiceover career to the next level. See you next time. And remember, you always have time for a little buzz.